0: Love Talk Radio. 31st 2013 edition of Don't Let It Go unheard where we discuss news and politics from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy objectivism. I'm your host Amy Peacock and here's what I would like to discuss with you today. I might almost uh, I might also be joined by cartoonist Bosch Fasten. We're going to see if he's going to be able to uh, get in here today, but here's what I would like to discuss. First, government regulations cause shortages of supplies that are necessary for the survival of preterm infants with the result of the infants dying for lack of those supplies. Then, a federal district attorney in Tennessee threatens critics of Islam with prosecution for violating the civil rights of Muslims. Some heavy topics for today, unfortunately, and, I mean, we'll try to... And on some sort of a good note, but these are some pretty heavy things that we got thrown at us today. If you would like to weigh in on these topics, vent a little bit like I'm going to today, you can join in by phone or in the chat room. I've got some people in the chat room there already. Hello, everyone. Uh, but the phone number is 760-888-5817. Again, that's 760-888-5817. Eight 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 five eight one seven. In terms of a little program note here, some of you know that I am guest hosting for Tammy Bruce several times during her current trip to Europe. She just flew into England, and she's starting a, a D-Day tour, a special D-Day tour that's uh, being conducted. And uh, she's going to be gone for a couple weeks. I hosted yesterday. So, I'm actually probably a little bit tired today i'm actually I'm also sort of an executive producer, so I'm helping the other guest hosts get used to the blog talk radio platform, and that's part of my duties while she's gone as well so if I, i'm a little bit tired today it's because of that, but also we've got these heavy topics it's just it's just kind of sad, but we have to talk about them um If you are interested in getting recordings of my guest host spots on Tammy Bruce. You need to get the mp3 from me now here here's the deal with her she has a fully subscriber supported program and so what she does is she offers her live show for free and then she offers the recordings only to her supporters so once the live shows over it's not available anywhere on the internet and you can get it only if you are a paid subscriber to her show now, what she has said for the guest hosts is that we have the permission to share our spots with our supporters. So what I've been doing is people who have donated to my podcast in support of my podcast are getting MP3 recordings of each show in you know, the evening of the day that I've hosted. So last night, for example, I sent out the MP3 recording to everybody who has donated to my show so far. If you would like to contribute – then you can go to my blog at DontLetItGo.com, and you will see links in many of the posts there, including the one where I talk about hosting for Tammy Bruce, uh, that will allow you to go and, and make a donation at PayPal. So everything that you can contribute, I very much appreciate. Those of you who have contributed so far, thank you very much. It's your support of the show that has opened up this opportunity for me in part, of course, it's Nice that I've been doing my show and that she appreciates my work and that she invited me to do this. But, you know, it, it also your support really helps in, you know, getting me to continue going on with this stuff. Because again, especially with stories like these heavy stories today, it gets really depressing to immerse yourself in the news all the time. I have this kind of idea that I want to immerse myself in the news only as little as possible to come here and do a good show and then kind of get away from it a lot in the rest of my life because things are so bad at the same time i think we do have to talk about these things i think we have to analyze them in the context of a proper philosophy otherwise we have no way of defeating the bad guys and we do have to get out of this this spot that we're in so um in, in any event, yeah, this uh, th- it does help me that I see people out there who support me, not necessarily only financially. Of course, financially, when people are willing to put their hard-earned money on the line, that does mean very much to me. But if you don't have extra money to spare, especially in this economy, I totally understand. And if you really enjoy the show and you spend time spreading the word about it, that is just as helpful. So, um, So thank you for people who have done that as well. So that was a long preamble, but... Let's go ahead and dive into the first story. We're gonna do the non Islam story first because we're gonna give Bosch maybe a chance to get here and talk about it. Although I'm ambivalent about it because he is so angry about the idea that we perhaps have federal prosecutors who are ready to threaten prosecution of people who post, you know, what they say is anti Muslim uh, you know, comments and stuff on social media. Uh, you you may have seen him active on Twitter and Facebook today, so you know that he's really ready to go with this stuff. So um, I was ambivalent about what to start with, because at, at the same time I feel like maybe you want to be a little bit calm talking about this, but it, it may be good to have him in here as well when we talk about that story. So we'll talk about the other one first. I have some people in the chat room. Oh, people, uh, Robert, Rosemary, saying nice things about, the uh, Tammy Bruce appearance yesterday. Thank you. If you're able to listen live, that's wonderful. Or, you know, again, if you're beginning the podcast, uh, Robert New York city says, I credit you and Bosch with helping me to not immerse myself. He says, you two are my filters. I can't listen to that POS anymore. So I prefer your analysis. Now he, when he says, um, POS he's referring to Obama and a POS is what Tammy Bruce refers to him as a POS so I'm starting to adopt that sometimes myself but um, she gets even more graphic she says jackass and also, I mean she's very very enthusiastic which is nice I mean it, she vents and I think it's very cathartic for people to listen so uh, in, in any event let's uh, let's let's dive in here so I'm Looking at an investors.com story that was sent to me by a regular listener, Marianne Durant. So, Marianne, if you're listening, thank you for sending this story to me. Uh, she was very, 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 very upset by it, and you'll see why. The headline is Signature Shortages of Socialism, Signature Shortages of Socialism Here in America. And if you recall, I think I talked about this last week, it could have been the week before, things are blurring now, but I talked about shortages of toilet paper in Venezuela, and I think there was a shortage of something else, and I think there's now a story going around about there's a black market for toilet paper in Venezuela. So you're going to hear about these shortages in totalitarian countries, you know, in in socialist regimes, particularly all the time, but... Now, here in America, we are having some, and it's not, you know, toilet paper you can make jokes about and stuff, but the stuff here, it's, it's just really sad. It's really, really pathetic what they're talking about in this article. The article is at investors.com. It was posted on the 30th of this month. So, it starts out, it says, Socialism, if you think only places like Venezuela and Cuba have shortages, think again. The Obama administration's regulatory blitz and Obamacare costs have triggered crisis-level shortfalls right here in the United States. It says shortages of 300 drugs, vitamins, and trace elements have reached the highest levels ever recorded in the, in the United States, according to a report by Alexander Robbins in The Washingtonian, quote, leading to complications usually only seen in the developing world, end quote. And then the article goes on to say that this is a direct result of the Food and Drug Administration's stepped-up harassment of makers of some of these life-saving compounds, which has shut down 30% of U.S. manufacturing capacity in some specialties. Okay? This is the Food and Drug Administration, the regulatory arm of the government that harasses all of the drug companies, just harassing them to the point where they just shut down their manufacturing capacity, Now this is where it gets yucky. Uh, premature babies are particularly hard hit. It says the intravenous fluid nutrients called per, uh, parenteral, parenteral Um I've I don't think I've ever heard that particular term parenteral nutrition PN, which is needed until their digestive systems fully develop. Are seeing, are seeing a hard regulatory clampdown and subsequently shortages. The Washingtonian quotes medical personnel as saying U.S. babies have died, U.S. babies have died for a lack of simple nutrients such as calcium, zinc, lipids, protein, magnesium, sodium phosphate, copper, selenium, chromium, potassium phosphate, and vitamin A that must be made in trace amounts for these PN compounds, the intravenous fluids. Now, the FDA, of course, has denied that its inspections or its warning letters have had anything to do with the shortages, but the Washingtonian, again, found that the shortages started in 2010, Under our dear leader, or as Tim Peck in the chat room is saying, President Dumb Bastard, Um, under his watch, this has happened. started in 2010 as the Obama administration's bureaucrats jacked up their warning letters of, quote, «violations» from 34 in 2009 to 60 in 2010, and then 48 more in 2011. So each of these letters is going to a big manufacturing firm that's responsible for producing all of these essential nutrients for this formula. Imagine that, okay? Now, instead of fighting the FDA bureaucracy, nearly a third of the companies, and there are only five left, Simply shut down their production. And this is where the article is interesting to those of us who are fans of Ayn Rand or objectivists, because in the Investors Business Daily, when they describe these companies shutting down their production, they say, going Galt. That's what they've done. Now, can you blame them, right? If the FDA is starting to come after you, how much resources do you have to fight a government that is backed by seemingly unlimited funds? Namely, everybody else's tax dollars stolen from them at the point of a gun. So if you are a company and, you know, first of all, if you are a company in the medical services industry now, if you're, you know, supplying things for the medical services industry, do you think you're making a whole lot of a profit today anyway? Uh, especially because what you can be paid is probably limited by insurance, which is limited by Medicare and all sorts of things. So I I think you're probably not making a lot of profits anyway. And if you start to see that you're going to have to be fighting the bureaucracy of the FDA over a long period of time, meaning hiring lawyers and compliance specialists and all of these types of people, which is expensive, you might decide that you're just going to shut down and stop producing. Continuing with the article, it says there's evidence that the FDA knew its actions would trigger shortages as early as 2011, the report noted, but it did nothing. Pro-FDA sources have tried to blame, quote, greedy drug makers, but their charges don't hold water because capacity is running at 100% in the five remaining plants. That raises the question, of the article, as to why U.S. regulators make it nearly impossible for them to expand or force them to wait years for FDA permission. So not only do they have to have FDA permission to put things out on the market to operate at all, they also have to have FDA permission to expand. That's crazy. Just as troubling, it says, startups that turn profits on less profitable product lines aren't picking up the slack because the regulatory barriers to entry are just too high. There's also bureaucratic shiftlessness, says the article. Uh, The House Oversight and Government Reform Committee. So we're talking this is the House. This is the GOP-led House, right? Uh, This committee began investigating the matter in January They said that the bureaucrats sat on their hands rather than give fast feedback to companies that tried to fix production problems and restore supplies. The committee, it says, has asked the FDA in March to turn over documents and appear at a briefing, but thus far there have been no updates. Okay, so that's March. Um, They started investigating in January. I'm thinking that the GOP committee has been dragging its heels just as much as the FDA, and why aren't they doing something about it continuing on with the article again about the reason why we're discussing this it says as babies die from lack of simple nutrition i mean we're not talking about you know crazy new drugs that you know it's like oh this is a new cure for cancer that nobody's ever really tried before and people just want to get their hands on it in the fda this is just vitamins and nutrients that everybody knows that you need, that are proven parts of, of a diet. Um, it, this is not controversial stuff. This is not dangerous stuff. This is just simple nutrition. So as the babies are dying from the lack of the simple nutrition, it so says the FDA also continues to block U.S. access to international suppliers, international suppliers that could fill the gap while U.S. companies remain hamstrung with the FDA claiming it's still, quote, working on it, end quote. I I just, I mean, can you imagine being a mother of a premature infant that died because the FDA is protecting us, either protecting us by regulating the manufacture of this stuff here at home or preventing you from buying the stuff overseas, So not only can't you make it here, you can't get it here because the FDA has been shutting them down, but you can't buy it from overseas either because the FDA wants to protect you from the greedy, profit-seeking overseas international suppliers who could give you this stuff. Okay, so here's where the uh, Investors.com article starts to draw the moral. It says, what stands out here is that these shortages are not the result of natural scarcity – nor do they ever occur in a truly or even moderately free market. You know, people say that we have free markets here. They say that we have capitalism here. We don't have anything like it. We have such a mixed economy pushing towards socialism and fascism. It it's truly disgusting. So, you know, this, and, and we're seeing symptoms of it all the time. Other symptoms of it are just going to any store now and finding weird shortages of stuff. How many people in the chat room have noticed going to buy your favorite brands of who knows what that you can't find it anymore? I, I remember doing a story on my show, and it was probably at least a year and a half ago, about the FDA was going to start... Um, protecting us from certain inhalants to help asthma people. And so they were actually effectively banning a certain type of inhalant that was the best drug for many people who are sufferers of asthma, and basically making them go to this other one because they think it's in your best interest. And I, I don't even, I, I'd like to see a follow up story on that and see what the lives of people have been since then, if it's resulted in the death of some asthma sufferers who couldn't breathe, couldn't get the right inhalants, et cetera. Um, I think it wasn't just the drug itself, I think they were doing it because of. The um the propellants or something they were upset about the propellants because they want to protect the environment as well you know you how dare we human beings get inhalants for our asthma that we need to save our lives this, this government is truly horrendous and just keeps just keeps getting worse and worse so um yeah the FDA oh well, you know we're working on it uh so investors continuing here. The unconscionable shortages are the byproduct of an overbearing government that has strangled an important industry in red tape, delayed prospects for improvement, thrown its weight around, and blamed its victims for the inevitable effects of its policies. And, he, and it says, if that sounds like Cuba or Venezuela, well, that's because it is. Incredibly, this Obama regulatory tsunami, you know, this is the investor's language, is merely a prelude, giving that. The implementation of Obamacare is expected to make shortages even worse. You may have seen today that there was another story on uh, Drudge, and I actually passed this story around on my Facebook page, my personal page on Facebook, uh, that our health insurance costs in California may go up as much as 146% because of Obamacare he said that our insurance was going to be cheaper it is much 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 more expensive i've already seen increases in prices around there and if the prices aren't increasing what are they doing they're making the insurance companies go broke because they're making the insurance companies cover for everyone stuff that not everyone even wants to buy in their insurance policies so you know so what what is their refrain now their refrain now is Oh, yeah, well, the policies, you know, the premiums are more, but it's such a deal for what you are getting. That That's their refrain now, because, of course, they, they know that they lied. They said that our premiums were not going to go up. They're going up. They're multiplying, in fact. And their only answer is that, oh, look what a deal you're getting because you're getting all of this extra care that you didn't used to get. Well, Sorry, a lot of us wouldn't have bought all that extra care. We don't need that extra care. Suppose you're not interested in maternity benefits or whatever, you know, um, you know, prenatal care and and delivery and all the stuff that you need. Suppose you don't need that. And especially they are charging men as if Right. So, uh, you know, the, yeah, maybe a National inquiry. they talk about men having babies, but it's not happening. They're making everybody pay the same premiums as if they're all going to have babies and all sorts of other things. Continuing with investors, this is prices according to a nonpartisan CBO, congressional, you know, Congressional Budget Office letter to the ranking House Budget Committee rep, Paul Ryan. These prices are set to rise for prescription drugs Because costs are expected to be shifted on to consumers and manufacturers and importers of brand-name drugs are going to see fees imposed on them, new fees, right? This is more of the taxes. So it's not just direct taxes. It's all this indirect stuff because there's going to be fees on producers of the drugs, et cetera. So it says, in addition to scarcity, higher prices are in store. And then here's where Investors, I think, starts to go awry, right towards the end. It says, that doesn't occur in countries where there's a free market with a reasonable regulatory environment. So this, I mean, this article from Investors is good in the sense that it informs us of something important and horrible that's going on. It's good in that it points out that we're moving in the direction of socialism And it's sad in that at the end they say, oh, well, we just should have a reasonable regulatory environment. We just need a reasonable amount of regulation and then that would be the key. Now, yes, it's true that if we cut back on regulation, things would get better, but it would not be a stable long-term solution at all. And in fact, the reason that we're in the place that we are right now is because somebody way back when proposed a few reasonable regulations. Just, you know, a a few, because uh, these greedy people who want profit, you know, everybody needs health care, and so therefore there's a lot of profit to be made. So these evil, profit-hungry manufacturers of nutrients for prenatal intravenous fluid, how, how dare they exist and, and earn a profit, right, when they're providing this life-saving stuff. Uh, we just have to put a few reasonable regulations on them. And what happens? Controls breed further controls and further controls. Uh, if you've read some of the objectivist literature, uh, you might be familiar. I mean, not also non-objectivist literature. What do these regulations do? Most of these government regulations will then put sort of a floor on the quality, and a lot of people will just depend on those regulations to do the quality check for them. In a f- truly free market, what does a free market mean? A free market means total separation of government and economics, no government involvement in the free market. It's just like separation of church and state. You would not have the government initiating force against any company. And that means you would not have regulations. You would not have have the government involved at all. All the government would do is it would redress grievances that result from rights violations by companies. So, for instance, if a company put out a prenatal fluid, you know, this parenteral nutrition, as they call it, and they put that fluid out there and they said – it has a certain amount of calcium and a certain amount of zinc and the lipids and the protein. And here's the balance and it's pure and it doesn't have this contaminant and all the different representations that they make. And then you see an infant getting sick or dying because of a fluid that isn't as promised by the company. It's tested and you see that it was faulty and it's got the wrong percentages or it's contaminated or whatever it is. This would be fraud fraud. Or this could be negligence, and this would be a, a role, you know, it would be the role of government to redress grievances that you have against these companies. And in terms of the companies and, you know, being tested for their quality, it would all be done by private enterprises so you 'd have the equivalent and i don 't know what it would be, but the good housekeeping seal of approval i don 't even see good housekeeping seals of approval. I remember that from when I was a kid, and I think that government has been so involved in so many things that it 's almost gone these days. but I remember seeing that on all, on so many uh, devices and things but you 'd have you know a, a little good housekeeping seal of approval saying that this has been tested that it meets the representations of the manufacturer that it actually lives up to those and that you can trust it and give it to your child. That's what would go on. And, and, you know, if anything wasn't up to, to par again, the government would then get involved in, you know, a lawsuit and things like that. But, you know, here's investors. Investors, as good as it is, and it is a very good publication. They publish a lot of great stuff. They say, okay, a free market with a reasonable regulatory environment. Regulation is an attempt to prevent fraud, an attempt to prevent a violation of rights by companies. That's what regulation is. And in a truly free market, you would not do anything. The government would not do anything. And anything a government does, it's force, right? Government is force. Ron Paul for all of his faults, was right when he said that. Government is forced. Everything government is doing is force. They would not be involved at all unless the company was shown to have done something wrong or suspected to do something wrong. Then the government should get involved and investigate and redress any grievances accordingly. So the investor's article concludes the fact that there isn't a free market here is precisely why our country's medical system is starting to resemble Cuba's, including its shortages. So this is this is very ominous. Um, as I said, investors is good. I wish that they got it completely right because we really need to, you know, people to understand what is a rights violation, what isn't, what is the proper role of government, and that it's not just this is regulation out of control or too much regulation. That in fact. Government regulation leads to this. Controls breed further controls, breed further controls, and then suddenly it's a total government takeover of everything. Not suddenly, but over the course of decades. John in the chat room says there's no shortage of cocaine, I'll bet. Hmm. Uh, Randy, I think in response earlier to the idea of would you go Galt? If this happened to you, he says he would if you were one of the companies who was harassed by the FDA. Robert in the chat room says the trident of tyranny, IRS, EPA, and FDA. And then, of course, um, not just the trident, though, Robert, because we got to put the DOJ in there, not only because of the story that we're going to talk about today, but I talked about yesterday with, uh, with Eric Holder. Eric Holder and his dream of having these off-the-record meetings. Dusty in the chat room says to deny vitamins. Why do they uh, want the effect? I'm I'm not sure exactly what you mean, Dusty. So maybe explain that a little. Uh, Robert in the chat room says that John Stossel has done a good job in the past of exposing how many people the FDA kills per year. Yes, Robert. And I've heard countless stories of the FDA holding up the approval of potentially life-saving drugs that are being developed to treat all sorts of horrible, vicious diseases, and they die while they're waiting for FDA approval, or they're trying to get a special approval from the FDA to use it on an experimental basis just on themselves. They're willing to use their body as an experimental laboratory because, really, that's the only option. There. You know, There's no known drug that can cure it. They're willing to try anything. Why not let the people do it, but no, the FDA holds up that year after year after year. And Carrie says in the chat room, he says, but Amy, it could have been 170%, 146% is great. Yeah, Carrie, 146% is probably, you know, going to be surpassed pretty quick. They'll say, oh, well, we said 146%, but now it's 170. So I think they're just bracing us for the future and then Rosemary says the government shouldn't get involved even then except for the court to hear the case. Yeah, that's right, Rosemary. So, what would happen in a truly free country is you have a complaint against a company and you go ahead and file a case in court and go ahead and go after the manufacturer. Uh we could talk about whether there should be class actions and stuff in a in another show. It's a it's a kind of tricky case of philosophy of law to talk about, but that's how a lot of these drug cases come up. Robert in New York City, he says that there's a 10-year waiting list for approval for these drugs. Yeah, it's really, really pathetic. And it's not just, of course, the people directly waiting for that particular drug that are affected. If you look at, you know, go even back further and you say, okay, what about the companies themselves? Whenever you decide that you would like to embark On research developing a new life-saving drug of course you need to earn a profit in order to be able to pay for you for your scientists to do this so that would be good but um, how are you going to get that profit you have to budget for 10 years without being able to sell this thing so talk about barriers to entry the only people who can afford to develop a new drug That can go through this 10 year waiting period is a company that's already making a lot of money on existing drugs and of course at the same time the government is squeezing the drug companies with respect to the existing drugs because after all people really need the drugs they say and if people really need the drugs how can you you greedy profit hungry company justify continuing to charge high prices and earning all these profits on it so you know if their idea is that they're going to use the profits from the existing drugs in order to fund the research for the future drugs there's that and, of course, they don't hold a patent on the drugs forever. Patents are properly, you know, given to companies for a limited period of time. And after the patent is done, that's it. They can't uh, have an exclusive market on that anymore. So there, there are limits. And, and so, you know, this idea that if one company just shuts down, a new company will spring up in its place and start producing the parenteral, you know, PN formula nutrition for the infants, it's not going to happen because of this horrible, tremendous bureaucracy, uh, getting up to speed, et cetera. What could our GOP House do? It seems like they could maybe quickly pass a law that could try to get us some access to overseas suppliers. How about at least that in the short term. And yes, I know, they'd have to try to get it through the Senate too. And of course, Nancy Pelosi, not Nancy Pelosi, it's uh, Reed. Reed is our evil dude in the Senate. He would figure out some way to justify denying Americans the ability to buy these things from overseas, you know, because there's these evil international suppliers. I mean, after all, the FDA just wants to protect us from unscrupulous international suppliers. You know, this exists even with respect to medications for dogs. They even have barriers with respect to the types of medications you can get for dogs and you need to get by prescription and blah, blah, blah. It's a whole racket everywhere. Uh, it, it's not surprising that people often drive to Mexico. If you live close enough to the border, they'll drive into Mexico and buy things that are you know, easy to get there over the counter, that you need prescriptions and a wait time and everything to get here. So... In any event, I I don't know, but this is is truly, truly horrendous. The most innocent, you know, the preterm infants are suffering, not even given a chance to live because of the regulatory burden in United States, which at one time was the freest, most moral nation in the world, and now is starting to be, you know, just like another country in Europe, basically, and starting to resemble in certain ways some of these third world countries like Venezuela and Cuba that we hear about it is uh, i mean you you just would have not thought that this would ever happen if anything you would think that with technology we would just be getting better and better and the supply would meet the demand almost instantaneously all the time because of the ability to communicate stale you know sales stats and uh, you know usage stats from the hospitals and all that thing but instead, it's getting worse and worse. I do have a phone call here. I'm going to go ahead and grab in the chat room. Hi, who's this? Hey. Oh, is Hello? this Bosch Faustin? Is this Bosch Faustin? Right. So I think that you want to you want to discuss this next story, which I'm trying to decide which of the two news stories today is more depressing. I just discussed I just discussed the FDA resulting in the death of preterm infants, and now we're going to discuss the Department of Justice basically clamping clamping down on free speech more than they already have. What do you What do you think is worse? I know what you're what you're more mad about, right?
1: Not America.
0: What did you say? This
1: this is not America.
0: No, it it definitely doesn't seem at all like America. Uh, the the news story, and I'm glad you you called in this time because it was really the time that I wanted to shift to this this story. Actually, the tall. To- I
1: can't stay long. I, maybe there's a miscommunication. I don't know. The sounds pretty bad. I can't stay long. I only have a okay. few minutes. maybe I can pull back in a few. But oh.
0: Okay. Do do you want me to go ahead and uh, get out the gist of the story first, and you want to call back in a few? Okay, I can't hear you, Bosh, so maybe go ahead and then call back in a a few minutes. I don't know. We're having problems with the sound. I couldn't hear him there for a second. So um, let me just get the, the story out here. Tullahoma, which I understand is a city in Tennessee, the Tullahoma News posted an article with the headline group, Sets meeting to increase tolerance of Muslims and culture. Okay, that sounds disgusting, but perhaps innocuous enough. You know, this idea we have to just keep tolerating Muslims, that Muslims are the victims whenever something like the Boston massacre of late has occurred. You know, everyone, the first thing is, oh my gosh, there's going to be Muslim backlash. And it's like, no, we are civilized people. We know that not all Muslims are scumbag brothers like these guys in Boston who I don't want to talk about. I actually love what Greg Gutfeld does when he represents them on TV. He has a little crayon drawing of a pile of dog crap, basically. And it's got little lines that signify the fumes of stink coming up from the pile of dog crap. And every time he refers to these Muslim uh, scumbag brothers from Boston who uh, set off those bombs, he just puts the little picture of the pile of dog crap as opposed to an actual picture, which is totally what they deserve. Um, Yeah, we know that not all Muslims do this. Duh. This is not a big thing. So, you know, nonetheless, there's all these meetings to increase the tolerance, right? And you've seen this all over the place, so this is nothing new. But then listen to the description of what's going on here. It says... And this is posted at the Tullahoma News. I actually have a link at my blog, don'tletitgo.com. You can find links to both the stories that I've talked about today. Uh, this was posted there on May 21st, and it says, A special meeting has been scheduled for the stated purpose of increasing awareness and understanding that American Muslims are not the terrorists. Some have made them out to be in social media and other circles. Yeah, yeah all Muslims are terrorists? Come on, who says that? Who with a brain? ...says that all Muslims are terrorists. Nobody says that, right? What, what do you say? You say, well, um, there appear to be a lot of people, too many for my comfort level, you know, it's not just a freak occurrence every so often, it seems to be in the news almost every week around the world, that there is some Muslim, you know, there was just a recently converted one in France who went nuts and attacked somebody there... Um, you know, and they say, they state, they say, the reason I'm doing this is because of my religion. My religion compels me to do this. This is what the horrible, disgusting, revulsifying blech, guy in London was saying uh, on the video that people were so kindly to take for him when he asked to be filmed. Um, you know, he said, I'm doing this because of my religion. I mean, we take them at their word. And if actually, you should watch Pat Condell's recent video, because Pat Condell really lays it on the line for the so-called moderate Muslims out there. He says, listen, you have to be really with civilization or against it. And you need to call out in your mosques people who are calling for these, this type of violent jihad. You cannot let violent preachings go on while you stand by and pretend to be for peace. You you can't get away with it anymore. The time has come, essentially. This is what Condell says. So you should definitely go see that. But, no, we know they're not all the terrorists. Anyway, the hearing is called Public Disclosure in a Diverse Society, and it's going to be held on Tuesday, June 4th. And if you're near Tullahoma in Tennessee, I would urge you maybe to go and just go ahead and express your opinion and, and see what the uh, – the district attorney who's going to be there is going to tell you to do It's at the Manchester Coffee County Center, County Conference Center, which is on Hospitality Boulevard out there. Maybe see if you can go. Anyway, special speakers for the event are Bill Killian. Killian is an unfortunate choice of name if you know Bosch's comic. But Bill Killian, U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of Tennessee, and someone from the FBI. Yay, Kenneth Moore, special agent in charge of the FBI's Knoxville Division. The sponsor is the American Muslim Advisory Council of Tennessee, which is a 15-member board formed when the General Assembly was considering passing legislation that would restrict those who worship Sharia law, which is followed by Muslims. Now, Sharia law is a rights-violating institution, which is why people would want to restrict it. How dare they? So this is an advocacy council or advisory council that is trying to say, oh, no, Sharia law is great. It's, it's wonderful. Um, Killian and Moore, so this is the U.S. district attorney and the uh, FBI guy, they're going to provide input. Now, here's the crucial part. They will provide input on how civil rights can be violated by those who post inflammatory documents targeted at Muslims on social media. And here's a quote from a U.S. attorney, okay, member of Department of Justice. A quote from him says, this is an educational effort with civil rights laws as they play into freedom of religion and exercising freedom of religion, end quote, Killian told the news Monday. And that says, quote, this is also to inform the public what federal laws are in effect and what the consequences are, end quote. He said the presentation will also focus on Muslim culture and how that although terrorist acts have been committed by some in the, in the faith, they are no different than those in other religions. Muslims are no different than those in other religions. Those of you who have listened to my show and you've listened to Bosch speak about even moderate Muslims and the sorts of things that they tolerate in terms of beating their wives, cheating on their wives, admiration for Hitler, contempt for Jews. They are different from those in other religions, at least other religions today, uh, you know, a lot of Muslims seem to be living uh, somewhat in the dark ages. Now, And now we're talking about moderate Muslims here in the United States. If you go over to Saudi Arabia, if you go to Iran, I mean, a headline the other day on Dredge, uh, one of the leading candidates for president of Iran, next president of Iran, says basically a woman's role is as mother staying home, not to be part of the economy you should encounter as a woman as an economic factor in society uh, they are different from those in other religions i'm sorry mm-hmm. mr killian you district attorney whoever you are they are different from those in other religions is my uh podcast here a document directed towards uh you know muslims that you're going to find, let's see, what's the language here, inflammatory or something. Who knows? We'll, we'll see if that happens. Now, here's Bosch. I think he's ready to, to comment on that story. Hi. So what do you got to say on this, Bosch? Uh, Hello? Can, uh, yes. can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can, can you hear, hear you now. I can hear you now.
1: I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a bad connection, and uh, I can't really speak. I just It's an outrage, absolute outrage. I actually used the F word on a Twitter today to make a point. Say I can say anything I want about Islam, anything. As an American, mm-hmm. sick. And these are people who are supposed to defend rights, and here they are, betting over for Sharia law, betting over for Islam, protecting right. our, our enemies in, in a time of war.
0: Yeah. This is and well, and and here and here's the thing. The thing is, is that they are not saying how in the world it is that some sort of Internet posting is supposed to violate the rights of anyone else. The article goes – first of all, the article is a, a piece of garbage because it cites uh, Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols right, right, right. as examples of Christians who committed terrorist attacks, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Two guys out
1: of thousands and thousands of Muslim terrorists, they, they it, named two guys who aren't Muslim.
0: Exactly, exactly. And what's the website, Bosch, where they just talk about the number of attacks and they just count up the number of attacks committed by Muslims? What did you say?
1: Religionofpeace.com.
0: Religionofpeace.com. Okay, yeah, that's where people can go and they can actually see a a live count. You know, it's almost like watching the U.S. national debt go up, right? So, you know, you you can't do that with Christians today. And it's true. If we were living in the dark ages, Christianity would pose a threat to my life. I'm an atheist. They they would hate me. They would often try to kill me. Maybe I would be burnt as a witch. Who knows what? Absolutely. but but that's but that's not happening today and what is happening today is a horrible attack like we saw in London last week but here's this guy killian can you believe his name's killian bosch i know but I it
1: would believe me like, uh, i you know, you know he, uh, my character will
0: change his name now I, I don't know you're going to have to change the name of killian duke in in your comic the infidel I don't, I don't know but but here's this guy and he says he says internet hey, postings hey.
1: Excuse I'll me? change it to boss, boss. I'll
0: change it to boss. To there you, there you go. Um, internet postings that violate civil rights are subject to federal jurisdiction. And ah, he says that's. And he, and, and he says that's what everybody needs to understand. Now, let what me, in the There, there's no quote in this article as to how they say that a posting, internet posting, actually violates civil rights. Let me, so,
1: and let me say something. In general. Mm-hmm. To your about Islam.
0: The the wait, the sound is really bad, so can you start over again? Okay.
1: Being honest about Islam, telling the truth about Islam, Islam, insulting Islam are all one and the same. They're all one and the same.
0: Yeah. And that's
1: what they want to stop. They want to stop telling the truth. Well, that's that's their problem. Well
0: and, and, and this is this is the thing, I mean, so many people have just the total inability to separate a comment a comment that you make critical of Islam, critical, you know, of the religion, versus right. crit- criticizing Muslims.
1: Yes, you know what? Because they have to make it about individual people. because people are people and people you get sympathetic about people and so say are you you could have all those nice that I know around the corner. They need to personalize it, therefore, to make, you know, the issue disappear. Because if it's about Muslims, then people will say, well, Muslims do know, are fine. So, therefore, always is fine. Well, that's not the case. We know that's not the case. And if you can't hear me, people, I'm very sorry. I'm on the phone here. I'm trying to get into an area that might sound better. I apologize. I hope to. But this, to me, this is an outrage of outrages. I mean, this is just the biggest one this week. And it is every day to keep coming, but they're telling us you cannot be a free American anymore. Uh, you better Well, I mean,
0: out. you know, per- particularly when something like this comes on the heels of us learning that Tea Party yeah. groups, Patriot right. groups targeted by the IRS – when we, right. learn, when we learn that Eric Holder has been doing these subpoenas for phone records of people in the press. And then when he's going to investigate and try to redress and make everything all nice, he has these, uh, you know, off the record or he's trying to have off the record meetings right. with the bureau chiefs. Thankfully they're just going, you know, they're saying, screw you in effect and they're not going to these meetings. But uh, I mean, you know, the, the threats, to free speech in this country right now by this government by this administration and, and you know if if you if you integrate this little story about a little local US district attorney and what they're doing i mean i'm sure this is going on on elsewhere and we just haven't heard about it yet right no um but you know here's it's this district up. attorney story out there right yeah when you when you integrate that with uh, the remark that you told me Obama made before, which was the, when when things start to turn against the Muslims, he's going to side with the Muslims or something like yeah. that, right? You know, he's someone he's,
1: said that that said that's a misquote Tell me where it's a misquote. I believe it's true. I, I look. I don't want to read his book. I thought about reading that a few years ago. I don't want to read that that piece of crap. But yeah, well,
0: he said. it, it, may, it maybe it, uh, it's maybe good. I'll ask you as a as a special assignment to dig out the 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 quote because yeah, what we do know well. What we do know is that he referred he had everybody refer to the Fort Hood massacre, massacre as workplace violence. Uh and, what we what
1: I know, we, I know in sorry, in Egypt he said uh, basically it, it is part of my responsibility as president to fight the stereotypes of Islam over the day they that's not his job as president. And also at the uh the future not belong to both the land the Prophet Islam. You
0: know yeah. is uh
1: this is, yeah, the the this the, the, fu- the
0: future and I'm going I'm going to re say what you just said because I know what you said but people can't hear your audio is actually really bad. Um but the, I'm he get said this. F- yeah, I to I, I, really,
1: no, I get off.
0: Yeah, so- sorry, sorry, sorry about everyone. that. Bob. I, I
1: want I, I, sure, sure.
0: I, I think he's saying that he he had to had to chime in on this story, and you can understand why because of his background, uh, you know his, his uh, Muslim background and and knowing so much about Islam, he is really incensed about this, and especially I mean he has regularly, and I have seen, I have seen the internet logs, he has regularly had Department of Justice, Department of Homeland Security, etc. visiting his. Uh, blog. I, I, I've seen the logs. So, um, he, you know, he's someone where they'd say, well, you know, this particular post was. Violating the civil rights of Muslims, or at least it could arguably violate the... I mean, you know, here's the other thing, and I, I talked about this uh, at some length on on Tammy Bruce's show yesterday. I was... Some of you may be familiar with the story of Leonard Peikoff having been sued by the Department of Justice because he actually held on to two pages of Ayn Rand's original manuscript, pages which he was under no obligation to give to the Library of Congress, and he gave the entire rest of the manuscript to the Library of Congress, along with Xeroxes of these two pages, and then they sued him for over a million dollars. If you were sued, if you were prosecuted by the Department of Justice, do you think you'd have the resources to fight? And suppose it was even frivolous, right? There's nothing that you've done to violate civil rights. And what, you know, this is the other thing too, civil rights. What are civil rights versus rights? And how in the world is it that freedom of religion entails the ability to chill everybody else's criticism of your religion? Yes, Muslims, you can practice your religion here. But part of being in a free country is also having a thick skin because freedom of speech is the one thing that we have to have in order to keep our country free. If we don't have freedom of speech, we are not able to argue for change peacefully within the system, right? Once freedom of speech is gone, it's revolution time. And what Muslims keep pushing for, and we've seen it in the international arena where there's been certain, you know, moves in the UN where Muslims have tried to get blasphemy against Islam outlawed, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, here to to have someone from our Department of Justice, a representative of the Department of Justice, a U.S. attorney, saying, well, you know, there's some things that you would post online that might infringe on the freedom of religion of Muslims and, you know, I'm not being very clear about what those are. Here's an example of one thing that's bad and that's all they give you to go on. That is chilling and we don't need to be chilled. We need to be able to have a robust debate about various ideas, including people's religions and decide whether or not these religions are good or bad. And particularly when, There is a religion that, you know, enough of us know now has aspects to it when it is consistently practiced that result in the violation of rights, either of people within their own families, wife beating, honor killings, clitorectomies, horrible things that happen to women uh, in these families, some of them, uh, or rights violations of everybody else because they feel like they have to engage in a jihad against all of the infidels so no we we live still still for right now it's a free country uh, As as we all continue to exercise our speech it will remain a free country but your freedom of religion does not entail shutting me up and not letting me criticize your religion. And no, I don't do tasteless things. I don't do baseless criticisms. Um, people who know me also know that a couple of years ago, I conducted a Quran reading group where we all met weekly online. We read the Quran from cover to cover. We read commentary by Robert Spencer. I conducted an interview in which I often played devil's advocate with Robert Spencer, an hour-long interview. I've posted it also on Blog Talk Radio. You can find it. Um, you can listen. We know what we're talking about. Everybody can read it for themselves, as Pat Condell says. He says, well, you know, look, we're not buying this anymore, that there isn't aspects of this religion. You know, this this idea that uh, Cameron in, in Britain said, he said, there's nothing in Islam that justifies what those men in London did. And it is true that there is nothing in Islam that actually justifies what those men did. But there is stuff in Islam, namely there is stuff in the Quran, that purports to justify what those men did to that soldier in London. So um, we know this. Muslims know this. If they don't know it, if they haven't read their Quran, they should read their Quran. And I, I agree with Condell. Uh, they need to distance themselves from jihad. They need themselves to say, "Look, I reject the doctrine of violent jihad," and they need to be explicit about it. We need to know who wants to be part of civilized society with us. If you do, that's great. If if you believe in some version of Islam that isn't that, then state it proudly let us know and you know don't have the the burden of proof be on us to think okay well you know everybody must be great until something horrible happens I, we we need to to see a little bit more of a differentiation <sighs> Anyway, um, the, the interesting thing is this Killian is talking about the First Amendment, you know, and how important it is. And it's why everybody came here in the first place. In England, they were using Christianity to further their power and government. That's why the First Amendment is there. But here, what is our government doing? Our government is helping to spread the Muslim religion by giving it a pass. By sheltering it from criticism on the grounds that criticism, if it is too, quote, inflammatory or maybe offensive, maybe if it crosses a certain line, it's going to violate someone's rights. How does criticism violate anyone's rights? Criticism alone does not. Um, Only if you are, you know, again, and this is what they do, some of the imams do in the mosques. They actually call for the use of violence against infidels. If we called for the use of violence against Muslims, if we put that out there on the internet, okay, that's a different thing. But this idea that, you know, just because you might suspect Muslims as potentially being dangerous because of their religion, because you have seen this connection between the religion and the violent actions of people, just the mere act of being suspicious about people is not the same as calling for violent action against those people. Perhaps you say, well, I'm going to avoid. Or perhaps you're going to say, I'm going to boycott or whatever. You know, who knows how extreme you want to be about it, right? But, um, you know, it depends what lengths you want to go to. But that is not the same as calling for violent acts against them. It is not a violation of their rights to criticize or to state a reluctance to associate with a, gr- a group of people. So um, I I resent our government covering for this religion, for taking a stand on this religion, a stand that, as far as I can tell from everything that I know about it, is, uh, is not justified. It is simply wrong what this uh, Killian said. He said that Muslims are no different from those in other religions. That that That's just not the case. And I'm going to go ahead and continue to keep criticizing it. I hope that you will whenever – It's appropriate for you. Of course, you know, I don't go gratuitously doing it. I do it only when provoked. I don't spend my whole life going, oh, let me go out and criticize Islam more today. I try not to think about it. I would spend my time never thinking about Islam if I could do it. But unfortunately, the news never lets us do it. Um, Robert NYC in the chat room says there's one bit of good news this week. Roger Ailes and his Manifesto on Free Speech, which is very good. Uh, go look at it at Breitbart.com under Big Journalism, published on the 27th of May. Um, I do remember reading a letter from Roger Ailes to his staff, and that was excellent, Robert. So it might be similar to that. The, um, the other, The other one thing that I did want to talk to you about was a headline. Washington Post says, quote, the Justice Department has allowed us to say holder supports press freedom. The Justice Department has allowed us to say that holder supports press freedom. That's where this country has gone. Everybody, if you'd like to comment on the show, go to my blog, com, And at the blog as well, you can find all the different ways to follow me, Twitter, Facebook, Blog Talk Radio, everything else. Plus, you can find the schedule of my Tammy Bruce upcoming appearances and the link where you can donate if you would like to get recordings of those appearances as they occur. Um, I'm going to announce soon all of the exciting guests I have, and I think that's going to be a an incentive for you as well. So have a good evening and weekend, everyone. We'll talk next week. Goodbye.